Okay, welcome back, faithful listeners, to Bakker Thrown In. This is another episode here with, of course, Bakker, and I have a very special guest today with my good friend Davis O'Rourke. But before we get to Davis, let's jump right in to the plot of episode three, Lord Snow. In the Dothraki Sea, Daenerys gains confidence and earns the respect of Sir Jorah. After assaulting her, Viserys is nearly killed by one of Daenerys's blood riders. Eerie, yeah, I'm going to guess it's Eerie, notices that Daenerys is pregnant with J- and Jorah, upon being told, departs for Kohor for supplies. Later, Daenerys reveals to Drogo that, the, that their child is a boy. In Winterfell, with Bran now awake, Rob tells him that he will never walk again. Bran, saying he is unable to remember anything about his fall, wishes he was dead. At the wall, John easily beats his fellow recruits in combat. Master at arms Sir Alistair berates them all for their poor performance, even John nicknaming him Lord Snow to mock his bastard heritage. John asks Benjen to take him north of the wall, but tells John that he must earn it. John makes amends by giving his fellow recruits proper sword training. Tyrion is asked to provide more men from Cersei and Jaime for the outnumbered Night's Watch. Though skeptical, Tyrion agrees to do so. He departs the wall and says goodbye to John, who finally accepts Tyrion as a friend. That was a cute moment. In King's Landing, on his way to a meeting of the King's Small Council, Ned encounters Jaime Lannister. It is revealed that Jaime killed the Mad King Arius Targaryen, father of Daenerys and Viserys. Ned remains dissatisfied that Jaime broke his oath as Knight of the King's Guard. Ned joins the small council consisting of Robert's brother, Lord Renly, Lord Varys, Grand Master Pycelle Pickle, P- hmm. and Lord Peter Littlefinger Baelish. Renly announces Robert's plans for a great tourney in honor of Ned's appointment as the Hand of the King. Ned learns that the crown is heavily indebted. Upon arriving in King's Landing, Caitlin is taken to a brothel owned by Littlefinger, who, along with Varys and Sir Roderick, discuss the attempt on Bran's life. Littlefinger admits that the assassin's dagger was once his, but he lost it to Tyrion. Ned agrees to ally with Littlefinger, to find who is responsible for Bran's attempted murder. Ned returns to his keep to find Sansa and Arya arguing with Arya angry at Sansa for lying for Joffrey. Ned reminds her that Sansa and Joffrey will be married one day. Learning that Arya aspires to be a swordsman and has a sword of her own, Ned hires Sirio Forel to teach her the art of swordsmanship. All right. So, Lord Snow, not a lot of action, a lot of expository, a lot of setting up. I feel like the chess pieces are being moved around the board. Uh, but you know who would better know this than me is my friend Davis O'Rourke. Davis, do we have you on the line? The classic Davis hello. Do it again, Davy. Yo! Yep, that's pretty classic. <laughs> How's it going, Buck? It's going fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I just want to say thank you for having me. I honestly, honestly, it's a it's a pretty big honor to be second to the guy who basically gave you the idea for this show. I gotta say, it's pretty good. To be second That's to the guy. Good. Yeah. What do you mean? You say just second, second, the second guest to the guy who gave you the idea for the show, right? Didn't Donald give you the idea for the show? No, 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 kind no. Of glued you to it. Oh. No, Donald was uh, fortunate enough to be the first guest. The right. the origins of the show, if you listen to the pilot, you dipshit. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a hybrid. I listened to a podcast called Potterless with this guy who reacted to reading Harry Potter for the first time. And it really didn't like come to grips that that's something I could do. But then I took a Snapchat of myself watching one of the first two episodes uh, and sent it to people like, oh, what's going on? You know, I'm watching this. And the response was massive. Everyone was like, oh, tell us what you think, blah, blah, blah. And I uh, uh, didn't realize. And I thought, you know, it would be easier than having 30 different phone calls was, would be to have maybe my own podcast where people could just tune in and listen to my reactions. 
So it was a hybrid right, of things. Right. Okay. But you he can take this, and he, he was one of the first guys to tell you to do this. Oh, he never told me to do this. You're giving Donald way too much credit. Now, Donald was a great first guest, but I'm not sure what you're what you're chumming it up with him for. Do you owe him money? <laughs> uh, he set me up pretty good. He set me up to, to do a, a good a good uh, podcast with you, but I've totally blown it so far. So it's absolutely it's absolutely shot so far. So off to a good start. I would not say it's shot. We're not throwing away our shot, okay? Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's not shot, uh, but a good clarification for all. Um, Donald definitely was a big supporter of the idea. He loved it. Um, he was all giddy after the interview. I think that was part of his the like heavily alcoholic beer that he was drinking that he liked to, to brag about. Mm. So, Are you having a cocktail? You have a beverage? I am drinking a crispy Keystone Light. Crispy Key Light. Did you buy a 30 stone? Um, I'm pretty sure that's all I should ever buy is 30 Keystone Lights at once. If you buy any less, then you're a chump. I agree. Do you, yep. is it, it's probably not 30 stones for 15 bones anymore, is it? Pretty close. 15.99. Wow. Yeah. It's unbeatable. It is unbeatable. How, what uh, number are you on? in your 30 rack right now oh uh i bought the 30 back a couple of days ago it's it's getting it's getting low Let's just say that okay don't well, go too much into that don't want to don't want to dive into the, the problems I'm just oh. kidding. there's no problems there's no problems okay whatever you say big guy whatever you say <laughs> well let's jump in but yes I'm, oh. i just wanted to say thank you i appreciate it i'm really excited to be one of the guests one of the first guests the second guest that's awesome very very excited thank you for having me uh sure sure the it's not that big of a deal it's more i think just kind of fun it is fun yes so uh let's jump into some of my notes for episode three and then you can you can dive into what you wanted to talk about but i really liked at the beginning with uh stark and lannister you know sparring off and i love that uh ned always gets the the last word in edgewise i think where he's like nice armor not a scratch on it you know and jamie responds with well i choose my enemies wisely it's like nah ned is calling you out dude like mm-hmm. which i think is going to lead to you know like again it's all foreshadowing i think it's setting up for something right so yep. then i wrote a council of new characters god damn it i was just learning the other ones and i even though i just read all the names off in that wikipedia wikipedia thing that i had i still don't Mm -hmm. i can't really place them i'm gonna need to watch a couple episodes and say those names a few times so and and then um and then i wrote six million in debt what's the conversion rate on that what would six million in medieval times be like what that number seems made up for that long ago what what all you all you could gain from that was ned seemed concerned (laughs) ned was a bit troubled by that number Yep. So, so then you have a helicopter mom, Cersei, trying to teach her boy that he's a special little snowflake and that he can write the history books, basically, because kings write history books. Uh, one day you'll sit on the throne and make the truth what you want. I'm spoiling this kid. Uh, and then she says, "Everyone who isn't is everyone who isn't us is an enemy." That is the that is the quote that I wrote down from that scene. I think it's one of the most important quotes in the episode. Uh, she just she just really is just the the you know the uh, puppet uh, what's, the, what's the term god damn it the uh, puppeteer yeah or I the mar- she's just controlling him. yeah she's not uh, the marionette is that the puppet is that the fancy word for puppet exactly that's not, not, and she the marionette is, is clearly Joffrey and she's the puppeteer she is she is pulling the strings uh, to a maximum level right now yeah she's she's playing. She's playing a little bit of chess here. That's what I said with mm-hmm. Donald. Like she, she sees five moves ahead. Yep. So it's a game. It's a Game of Thrones. And she's playing. <laughs> nice, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a little too dramatic. Okay, I get it. I get it. Bakker, it's a game that they're playing. They're playing the Game of Thrones. All right. Yep. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I love that Katniss doesn't want to be a lady. Uh, I love that her blade's name yep. is Needle. Um, and then my big prediction, I hope this gets used on Joffrey. 
Like, I hope Needle just... The pointy end is used on Joffrey. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in a painful way. It could be a quick way. It could be in many ways. But I, I would really hope that this is what's happened. I love that she's just comfortable in her own skin. She is a feisty, feisty person. I like that a lot. Um, she won't suck. She, she won't, you know, she, she will be herself to the core no matter what. Doesn't matter doesn't matter what Sansa says or what Sansa thinks. She will be herself to the core is that, what it feels like with, with, with Arya. That's quite when you say Arya, you must mean Katniss, but that is quite evident that she, I mean, she was, she almost, you know, took down Sansa for lying. And, you know, and Sansa was mm-hmm. the dumb idiot for lying. She, Sansa's the one that lost her, her dire wolf. Mm-hmm. But that's what she gets. But then obviously family is very huge because uh, you just have Ned doing the best. And he's saying like, you know, we need to, like, we can't have fighting amongst we're in enemy territories we can't be fighting amongst each other while we're not in our homeland uh we, right. you know so that was good uh he skipped over to where you know there's a lot of again a lot of just moving pieces you know brand's waking up and he's upset and then there's this bald guy i'm assuming gay or he's acting gay i don't know what his deal is and not that there's anything wrong with that but not that there's anything wrong with that no but <laughs> i just i'm uh I'm guessing that he is. Uh, he's his keeper of knowledge. He has little ears everywhere. Um, but then I said Tyrion's dagger, and I wrote an O face. Like, oh, no. But I don't think Tyrion had anything to do with anything. And then Snow, I wrote just wrecking everyone, but I spelled it R-E-K-K-I-N-G. You know how people get wrecked? Sure. Are you, are you familiar yes. with the way kids wreck each other? They're wrecking each other, yes. I, yeah. Right. So he's pretty neat. Well, and so can I inter- I, I don't, I don't yes, know, can and- I interject with, with things while, while you're talking? Cause uh, there's a couple of things. Or should I wait until you're done with the with the overview? No, because this is me doing an overview of the overview I've already done. So I'm hoping that you interject because I'm sure people get tired of my voice. Um, the best comment I've had so far about this podcast uh, comes from Donald's wife who says he either has a voice for radio or a face for podcast. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> Just a double, just a, a two slaps in the face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll slap uh, her in the face next time I see her, Liz. <laughs> yeah. All okay. right. Yeah. Interject. Okay. Well, there's a couple of things. I think that uh, I have a couple of points marked in this episode. The introduction was to Lord Virus and Littlefinger. Pretty, it was a pretty big time. Like, like Lord, like Lord Virus. You hear him say, "Knowledge is my trade. My little birds are everywhere." You're like, "Holy fucking shit!" This guy, like, seems like a kind of like a nobody. He's just kind of a dramatic, you know, dramatic character. But he, you know, he's he's got he's talking about pulling strings. Like he knows things. Like I feel like when I first met Lord Virus, I was like, "All right, this guy, this guy's gonna be like, he's gonna have things up his sleeve." The entire series. I mean, what did you what did you think about these? The introductions to these two characters are pretty big. Um, well, I I, w- I wouldn't know that. I would assume that they play roles, but you know, they seem. Yeah, I mean, you're telling me that they're big, but I just it's not that I dismiss them, but I'm swimming underwater here. Okay, I yeah. ju- I'm I'm assigning names based on Hunger Games and Harry Potter references. For the main right. characters, now I get this new set of characters. Like, what? Okay, this is hard enough. So I'll take you at your word. Um, we'll see how they play out. Um, well, I just, but I will I'm, I'm, actually. Oh, go ahead. I'll just say I'll be more aware as I as I watch on about these about these people about these um you know the the council members I suppose. Well, I, I was actually just even alluding to more of just the way they act. Like, they're just, like, suspicious. Eesh. Like, and I just, like, I just instantly don't really trust either of them. That's and, a, yeah, that's a good point. They're very suspicious. Yeah, and it's just, like, I, I kind of thought it big in that sort of way. Like, like these two characters, like, Lord, everyone, like, Ned just knows who Lord Beerus is. Like, clearly there was a relationship with Littlefinger and Cat prior to this episode. Like, a long relationship. She said that... You know, he's like my brother to me. But he's like, I don't know, he gives me the fuck priest. Like, why do you like this guy? Like, sort of thing, you know? I feel like the introduction to a, to a couple of sneaky, suspicious characters. Okay. Some sneaky, and you're not wrong. 
Um, I didn't write down those fine details. I, I would need to go and watch it over and catch those little comments. Cause it also, another hard thing is that I'm kind of like, you know, taking notes as it's going on and I should be pausing. It's just, it's tedious. It's a tedious sure. process because I want to enjoy it. And then I, I, maybe I should have a new format where I just watch the episode and enjoy it. And then I go back and take notes as I'm watching it again. That might be something I think about, but all right. I agree. I, I felt like, sorry. I found, I found it very tedious as well. I was very, um, I didn't estimate, I underestimated how tedious it was keeping kind of track of each scene uh, while watching it. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, uh, and then what's funny is, you know, I'm keeping track of the notes in order that they're happening, but then when I read the Wikipedia um, response, that's just an overview of the plot. It's not necessarily in order of how it goes, so that's kind of a, an interesting, you know, synopsis to 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 parallel my note-taking, but that's not really entertaining for the guests. Let's go back to talking about the show, huh? Yes. So I said, uh, I like that Tyrion saves Snow from murder, uh, but I said, what the hell is going on here? Like, hold up. Like, what is... What, what hold was up moment. A hold up moment. What is Tyrion's motivation for helping the bastard Snow? Um, I'm going to guess that, you know, that they're both outsiders or whatnot. But but still, like, I, I was just kind of like, what is... Why is this well, happening? I think, I, I think that, you know, watching this episode specifically, I think Tyrion has a direct connection, an instant connection to everybody at Castle Black in the Wall. They're all outsiders. That's like, I feel like that's where like Tyrion would feel like most comfortable, right? Like, don't you, don't you kind of feel like that, that, like he has, he probably feels like he wants to help all of them there. Yes. Okay. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, he, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. He would feel, yeah, they all feel like outsiders. So they're all kind of, and, and then I didn't, and then at the very bottom, I said, why is this episode called Lord Snow? And then I didn't really, you know, it took me, you know, reading the Wikipedia page about, you know, that he's getting kind of made fun of for being a bastard, but also a lord. Like, he's better than everybody, but of course you're better than everybody. You grew up practicing, you know, like, you're not special, is what they're trying to hound into him. Even though he, even though he is clearly better than everybody, but they don't want him thinking too highly of himself. Right. And I, I was going to ask you, too, I know in the previous episode, too, you, you kind of were indifferent. I feel like you were kind of feeling indifferent about Jon Snow and not really, he was quiet. And has this kind of episode with his, like, finally you see him, like, fighting and his, like, combat skills, like... Yes. You, yeah. He's growing on Things me. changed. He's, yeah. he's growing on me. I got to see a little bit more, I think. I got to see how his character continues to develop. But right now, he's more intriguing than he was an episode ago, so... Maybe that'll just continue to build. Um, sure. One thing that I wrote down that I think is really cool is just some of the casting, like the the girls that they got to play, the daughters of uh, of the Starks. They look hey. like the mom. Cat is her name, right? Yeah, Catlin. Yeah, totally. Uh, uh, that's just a side note. Nothing really to do with the actual. Thing. I just think that the yeah. the casting they did was, you know, whoever's in charge of casting, they did their job. That was cool. I agree. I agree very much. Do you like them too? I feel like they, they for for child actors, they're pretty good. Yeah, Katniss Cat does. Cat. Cat, thank you. Can you just get it right, please, Katniss? I'll get it right. I'll get it right. Appreciate that. She's awesome. Uh, Sansa's yeah. good. I mean, Sansa's annoying me, and so mm-hmm. you know, if that's the purpose of the character right now, that actress is doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I talked about. Like, they introduced another Lannister, Lancel, who's like a cousin. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, how many Lannisters are? I'm sure I'm going to meet more Lannisters. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Jamie, right. Jamie is just a sick, crazy dude. I, I don't think he's going anywhere for a while. He's going to be around, and he is going to have his... I mean, with Cersei, that's the, the hot queen, right? Yep. Yeah, you, yep. Nailed the nailed the pronunciation. Nice work. Ooh, thanks. So, um, the two like she's the puppet strings, but he's also, you know, he is there with her. Like, so, are they going to be the main characters here? Are they going to be driving this plot? I don't know. It's maybe a guess mm-hmm. of mine. Um, sure. I but that's that's kind of how I'm feeling. Like that these two are are, again, you know. Well, also you know that it was 
confirm that Jamie is the one that killed this Mad King fellow. So that's a pretty pivotal role. So they're going to, something's going to go down. And again, with the foreshadowing between Jamie and Ned. But then you have Tyrion befriending Jon Snow. So so it's this, yeah. this web that well, we play. Yeah, I mean, clearly there's a distinction. Uh, Tyrion is a different kind of Lannister. You know, you still got that cockiness. He's still kind of a piece of shit. But there's something you like about him. There's mm-hmm. a clear hatred when it comes to Cersei and Jamie. Like, Jamie is just such a nasty motherfucker. Like, you just, you just want, it makes your skin crawl when he talks. You know? Correct. And then he starts making out with his sister. Like, what, how can you not, you know, hate, how can you not, like, just, like, shit your pants when you see that? But there's something I wanted to say. Don't you feel like they're, they really love each other, though. It's really sick. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie and Cersei have, like, a true love for each other, though. It's, it's, a, hard, it's a hard thing to watch. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a true love. Like, he, like, likes, likes her? Yeah. He's, like, super into her. Yeah, it's totally true that they are into each other. I mean, like, Cersei came in to yell at Jamie, like, yo, Bran is still alive, you imbecile. And Jamie not only couldn't be bothered with it, but then he took control of the situation, and it almost looks as if Cersei's, like, uh, fed up with it, but then she kind of falls, like, oh, he does love me, and it's like, you know that they got it on once that scene ended. Like, Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And they, they, it was a passionate kiss to end the scene, and you're like, wow, that I mean, like, that's some true love. But then you're like, wait a minute, wait a second, what the fuck? Like, wait. this is disgusting. This is the worst thing in the world. They shared a and- womb. And um, they share, you know, a lot of other things, apparently. So, like, you know, it's 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 a hard thing to, like... The, the Game of Thrones has a lot of these sort of things where there's just, like, these, like, you're pulling in two different hard directions. You're like, yeah, they, they do really love each other. However, this is, like, some of the sickest shit you've ever seen on TV. <laughs> well, again, Donald and I talked about it. You know, I addressed that in my... First, like, why I had such a hard time even picking this up is, like... How you're gonna end the first episode is these this brother and sister just getting down like they're doing it on the Discovery Channel. And yes. you know, um and but Donald put some context in there, you know, that it that's very par for the course. Uh mm-hmm. back then, you know, a lot of incest going on and and that's why you get to the mad king of how he is and so yeah, I'm I'm done. I talking. know it. Oh, go ahead. I mean, he he was right. He pointed out too that the the Targaryens were the ones known for incest. That were like we're watching the Lannisters, you know, the, the the Lannister siblings doing each other. So there must be a lot of just incest going on here. Just a ton of it. Just yeah, so much of it. Gross. All right. Gross. Can we can we move on? Yes. Are we let's move on. Did we exhaust that topic? We have totally just brought it out. Let's let's move on. Alright. Uh so moving on to um I wrote that fucking Daenerys's brother coming in to threaten his sister and he thinks he's uh like he thinks he's a king, but he's not. He sucks. They got the perfect actor again to look like just an extreme twit. Like, you know, like the a whiny sniveling I deserve this and uh, he almost died, which would I'm rooting for that death. Uh, didn't come, um, and so uh, maybe it'll come next episode, which would be great um, because it just seems like his death is imminent. I, um, I'm really excited that, but if it doesn't happen, I'm gonna be really upset. But I think it's gonna come. Um, and oh, and then I had to, these questions like North of the Wall is super scary, and they're not allowed to let John go. But the head guy is Stark's brother? Question um, mark. Mm-hmm. What like Ned's brother is the head guy? I don't think he's the head guy. You're talking about Benji. I don't know uh, who I'm talking. I don't know. It's okay. I I mean you know the I would say the the head guy. There's a couple of head guys. Benji is higher up for sure. Benji is 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 Stark uh, or uh, sorry, uh, John Snow's uncle. Um, who he was talking to for a little while up there. 
he's he's a i mean i, I don't know if, if there might be a bunch of people that correct me if i'm you know that would correct me if i was wrong here but like is twitter you know, there was the, twitter gonna have a heyday on you yeah just fucking unload on me because i don't know an exact detail about castle black in the third episode <laughs> of the first season but uh the you know those there's those head guys there was the um i can't i can't even recall their names i wanted to let you know too i had an awful time in the first season with names as well it gets easier don't worry and it, i'm really bad with names when it comes to any sort of tv series it gets better you'll get you'll get into it you'll be fine and there's the three older guys there. Like there's like the general, and then there's the blind older guy, and uh, you know the you know John's buddy too, and uh, the older the older guy. The, the three older guys are really the guys that are in charge there. Um, and and so like those guys have gone you know past the wall in their day, and they're and they're, it's like kind of Benji's time to go back there. And and John's maybe just too young to be going beyond the wall. Too young. Well, he seems pretty darn strong. Like he does a lot. Yeah, of... well, that's what he said. Do you think? That's what he said. He goes, "I'm the best guy here." And he's like, "Well, just sit the fuck down." Do you think that he sure. wakes up like um, Christian Bale's Batman and does like 55 push-ups every morning? That's he just falls to the ground and starts pumping out push-ups. Do you think that's what he does? That's so funny. You remember that 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 like two second scene so vividly because I do too, and I always wanted to do that, but it never like became a rhythm. That I or like a routine that I would do, where you would just kind of fall to the ground and start doing push-ups, right? <laughs> just I, collapse to the so, ground. Yeah, I remember that scene. I I almost think about that scene every time I get up. I'm like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Every day you start as a disappointment. All right, <laughs> now just that. fall, just fall. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. Fifteen second scene in in Dark Knight, and you brought it up, and I think about it every goddamn day. <laughs> uh, yeah, pro- probably. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he does that. So yeah. then. I wrote Daenerys Preggers? Khaleesi, when did you bleed last? And I'm going to bring that back. I'm going to ask, I'm going to start asking women when they bled last. I'm sure that'll go over fine. I won't get any angry remarks. They're, like, whether you're talking about, whether you're talking about if they're pregnant or just, if you're just curious, because maybe they're, they're maybe being a little upset with you. And you could just say, you know, when did you bleed last? I think that needs to come back, right? We start a podcast on what happens after Bakker says this to women. <laughs> and that'll be that'll be a podcast. Yeah. That'll be that'll, that's that's the next one. After we get through seven seasons of Game of Thrones, eight seasons of Game of Thrones, we'll we'll do that next. That'll be great. Glad to know that we have a lot of projects on the horizon. That's good. All right. Yeah. Um job security. Job security in yeah. Uh, and then a blessing from the great stallion. Oh, I say Katniss uh, getting a sword and fighting lessons is super cool. I love that. I mean, could I say that Ned Stark is progressive? It's like you know what I got sure. a daughter and, but then, but then he also uh, has regret and is like you know they did a good job with the sound editing where you know it was wood swords and he's watching and he has this smile of pride and then it you know switches to the blades and. And he's remembered of war, and then I think there's this look of like, why am I like getting my daughter signed up basically to just die? Like you train to yeah. fight, but if you're a fighter, you end up dying at some point from a fight. And you could see that look of so I wonder if these sword lessons will continue. I sure hope so. I like that that sword guy. He was he was funny. Cereal Pharrell. That guy's cool. Cereal Pharrell. Yeah. Like that's Cereal Pharrell. I don't know if it's like cereal, like like uh, yeah. cereal that you eat, and then Pharrell, like the rapper, like the rap, the guy with like the big like ten gallon hat, yeah. <laughs> cereal Pharrell. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, you bring up you bring up a great point about progressiveness there. I think that that is a, it's an instant uh, reaction when he obviously the last the last image of we we see in this episode is Ned realizing he's gotten his daughter into, you know, combat and just into being a sword swordsman. But at the beginning of that, when he's looking at her, it was great. It was such a relieving look on Ned Stark's face to be like, who cares if she's a girl and she's just she this is what she's she wants to do. I am letting my daughter live the life she wants. But then he instantly realizes what he's letting her do, like within like a second, and you see his face change, like in inside of like a millisecond. He's like, oh, and then and then yeah, the the 
the all the sound effects come up and they get louder and louder and louder and then it goes to black and you're like, all right, well, what's in store for the you know Ned's family? What is he setting them up? Sure, with, it's similar. You know, probably how a lot of fathers see their daughters going to stripping or something like that. Like they're really proud. Like I just want her to have just be herself. And then, and then all of a sudden some flashbacks come of an 18, 19, 20 year old version of themselves throwing quarters at strippers and like, Oh no, what did I just sign my daughter up for? This isn't good. She really likes ballet. (laughs) Oh, wait. Uh Oh, we know what that leads to. You're right. Images in in each one of these episodes, the, the last like, 35 seconds, last minute of the episode, I feel like always is representative of something. It always means something, and I think that that's what that means right there, is that Ned is concerned about his family and where he's leading them. Like, he's led them, he's brought them to King's Landing, you know? I mean, this is where the Lannisters live. They're aggressive people, and, you know, uh, he's brought his family to King's Landing. Like, what has he done? Sort right. of thing. Right. So, I don't know. Well, well, yeah. So that's that's all I had on the the episode. Uh, did uh, you have something written down that you wanted to ask me or or address that I hadn't touched on? Well, I liked I liked interjecting and interrupting you. That was like one of my favorite parts so far. Uh, can, let's um, not interrupting such a a harsh verb. Can we say that yeah. we just were you know we were bantering back and forth? No, I liked interrupting you. Okay, you um, liked interrupting me. Great. <laughs> No, I think that there's, we basically talked about the big thing. Big, the biggest thing is you know, Khaleesi's pregnant. You know, that's a huge deal. What's funny is that we really got almost no play when it came to that. Like, there was just like a couple of quick 20-second cuts where they're like, oh, yeah, when's the last time you bled? And, and she's like, it's a boy. And then so we know Carl Drogo has found out. It's like, wow, okay, we got a lot of information. We don't really know where it's going. So mm-hmm. I guess I, guess I, wanna, I wanted to ask you where you kind of think, like, what is this? What is this? All we got is that she's pregnant. What do you think that means? Like, what do you think? How do you see it, like, going forward? Just out of my complete curiosity. Well, I didn't like in the last episode, Donald and I talked about how they were sitting at the at the picnic table talking about how they wanted to kill, you know, kill these last two Targaryens. And it's like, well, they're, it doesn't matter that they have this army, this, this army with them now. It means, like, they're across, as Donald pointed out, this quote, narrow sea mm-hmm. um, that he spit and spat and couldn't give me a definition on because he was drunk at the time. <laughs> uh, um, but so I don't, I don't know. Like you said, it all happened so fast. I'm going to, I think I need to see a couple more episodes before I'm able to really, I, I would, you know, I could easily jump to assume and like, well, that's going to spell trouble. Like, you know, she's going to have a boy and then now they're going to force their hand. It reminds me of Kung Fu Panda. Are you familiar with Kung Fu Panda? I'm familiar with the first one, yeah. The first one's fantastic, where they talk about, you know, what you fear in life tends on coming true because you put so much stock into it. And Mm -hmm. they wanted to go, like, Master Shifu sent a, uh, the, the bird to go and tell them to, like, double everything. But because he sent the bird, the feather of the bird fell down, and that's how Shao Lung... Uh, got it, you know, was escaped. So, you know, if, right. if, if Shifu would just let well play and not worry about the future and live in the moment, then in, none of that would have happened. But also you wouldn't have gotten to the sweet Kung Fu Panda. For those of you out there, I, it sounds like I'm doing a, quite a plug for Kung Fu Panda. It's pretty remarkable if you haven't seen it. Uh, if you haven't seen it in a while, maybe go back and take a look. There's a lot of good quotable stuff in there. But back to GOT. I imagine this might be something similar where they keep obviously the show keeps bringing it up but they're showing you know that this is a problem for the king uh that he's concerned by this and and you you know for me it's like until they get on a boat like you got nothing to worry about Mm -hmm. you know just chill yeah okay but but i'm gonna guess that that's not what happens i'm gonna guess that he doesn't leave well enough and that and you know, sometimes when you over prepare for something, you're you're helping whatever you're over preparing for. You yeah. know, you're you're. This, you're... Is what, this is what I like about you know your podcast. I think it's because I think that I wanted I wanted to ask a few questions that would like, what is the person who's never seen this show before would think in this specific situation? And that's what this this the biggest part in this episode is that what do you think? 
or you think happens. And that's why, you know, I just kind of want to let, let, I'll let that sit. And then everybody who's listening that has you know seen the show, it's interesting to get that perspective. Sure. But the, the one regret I have that I would wish I could ask people that I can't do for two reasons. I want to say, well, what did you think the first time you saw it? Because a, you may, you may have saw it nine years ago, uh, this aired 2011. Yeah. You know, so depending on when you started watching this, it's anywhere from five, six, seven, you know, who knows what they remember back then. And then B, you could tell me what you thought, uh, but but then you might give something away because either you were right, you were wrong, whatever that might be. Like it's, um, it, I can't really ask people that. So you, you all get to ask me and I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs doing the best that I can. But I love that. That's the that's the whole point. That's the whole point. When I when I see what you see what you say and see what you kind of see, it's really fun. I think it's it's fun to hear you kind of predict where you think it's going to go. We'll just we'll leave it. We'll leave like that sort of thing at that. You know, we'll not allude to anything. Yeah, if I could just you know, obviously, if people haven't figured out by now, I'm going to continue making references, pop culture references, quoting movies and making comparisons to. Now Kung Fu Panda, add that to Harry Potter and, and everything else. Like, I think, I think yeah, people need to get I, used to I it. Got, I got one comparison, too, that you'll appreciate. And I know that I can jump forward to this because you said this is one of the only, one of the things that you know about the future of Game of Thrones and it being that people were kind of upset with season seven and eight, essentially, right? That's, you know, you yeah, they that weren't well generally. received. Yeah. Yeah, they were peeved. Is that what you said? Sorry. I said they weren't well received. Weren't well received. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Season eight, yeah. especially. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I was we were watching this. You know, this is this is right. This last season came out right in between the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, and there were so many similarities when it came to the split in fan in in, in the fanhood of both. And they're both, they both really pull, like, they, they both have some of the same sort of story origins, but obviously there's a lot, there's a lot that's different too, but, uh, a lot of the same followers. And I just wanted to kind of make that connection real quick. If anybody's listening, they were probably, they think one way or the other of both Star Wars or Game of Thrones, but there was such a massive divide and earthquake in both fandoms inside of six months. It was, it was, it was pretty horrific. I just wanted to say. Needless to say. Of both. Needless to say, it was all very, very exciting. <laughs> uh, one Independence Day reference uh, on episode has to be a thing moving on forward. All right, I got a exciting. Fi- <laughs> exciting. I don't know. The rest Fandoms of the are breaking forward. apart. I don't think exciting is the word I'd use to describe it. There it is. Um, Nailed it. I sure will do my best to to get in a an ID4 reference. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't force it, but that was great. That was a good one. <laughs> you used to say it was really, really exciting. <laughs> really, really exciting. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much time. I wanted to talk a little bit about something at the end of the episode, but yeah, this episode is, you know, I don't think there's a, a, any, there were no filler episodes in Game of Thrones. You'll be happy to know. I don't think, you know, if you know what I mean when I say like a filler episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one didn't have that showmanship, you know, uh, as some others do, you know, the first or second episodes, you know, the way that it ended. But it, I think it's really still developing its characters. We're still getting, we're beginning, we just got introduced to two other characters, three other characters, and a handful of others, you know, quick characters. It's still, you know, it's still in that part where you're getting to know all the characters, all the relationships, and how they intertwine. You guys talked about geography in the last episode. That's a big deal. That's a big part of it, kind of knowing where everyone's placed in Westeros. So it's still, you know, in that developmental stage. Uh, but uh, yeah, this one didn't have a big punch to it, but it's still a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. Didn't have the fireworks, but it's one of those ones where if you have the full picture, it might be, you know, pretty fun to watch. I often think of the fifth Harry Potter book is, you know, not really exciting until the last 150 pages. But when you know the whole story and you go back and reread it, you see all the Easter eggs and you see the thought process and the foreshadowing. Like, oh, this is pretty good. So that's what I'm guessing this this episode is a little bit more like. Yep. And one one. I feel like when I watched this episode, this is something I can say honestly, when I watched this episode for the first time, and I always remembered it, 
Jamie was explaining the Mad King's last words, and his last words were, burn them all. I always remember that because there's a story that, you know, we're, we're being told happened before Jamie. We don't know what the Mad King looked like, what happened. We, we know nothing of the past. He's explaining. We get the bits and pieces of this story, and he says, burn them all. And I always just I was like, fuck, that is that's like scary. Like what happened there? What is like, what's going on there? And I just, and I'm truly saying that like, it means I'm not alluding to anything. There's no, like, I'm just saying, I remembered that line from like the beginning. You just thought it was a cool line. Uh, you're totally right. I wish I'd written that down. Cause that is something, uh, you know, they talk about this mad King and I want to know, well, who was it? What did this guy look like? And, and how yeah. did, what was kind of the reasoning that Jamie went after and killed him? And, and yeah, I'm excited to see that play out. There's a lot to unfold here. This will be good. Yeah, this was good. I did kind of want to talk about, I know that Donald had talk, uh, talked about a little bit about the music uh, in the last episode. I thought he had some good things. He was talking about musical motifs and the themes of the characters and stuff. And I thought that was good. I don't want to talk about music too much, but uh, probably nobody else will. So it'll be nice. But like, you know, I wanted to kind of touch on that too, if I could, Bacher. You know what, Davis? We're really out of time. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, let's hear it. What do you got to say? Apologies to Matt Damon. We're out of time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, just just real quick. It's like like I'm. Doctor, you said this to me before. I almost felt attacked when you said it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what you told me. You said basically that I was certifiable when it came to movie music, the film scores. You basically said I was just a little bit too obsessed. Obsessed it was almost scary, and I felt felt a little attacked. We're gonna move on. Uh, Boy, I'm sorry you're. Uh, I'm sorry I hurt your fragile feelings by giving you what I deemed as a compliment. But go by all means, please continue. It's good yeah. to have a like an extensive knowledge on something. I mean, well, let's hear it. Okay. Uh, yeah, but Donald was you know kind of talked about it as well. But there's something really special about this film score, or sorry, this TV score, this orchestral music that they have. Um, for Game of Thrones, and I just wanted to kind of point out why. Everybody didn't know that this, I would say, was the first real TV film-worthy score, really, ever. Like, and I just kind of want to point out at the beginning, like, nobody really, you know, film scores really became important when this guy, Ennio Morricone, made The Good and Bad, The Ugly. Uh, if you are familiar, are you familiar with Ennio Morricone and then the, and the spaghetti westerns? Back in the 60s, 70s? Um, I mean, I'm familiar, not with the name, but uh, the name of the movie you just said, yeah. And I could probably play the mu- play you the music and you'd recognize the music. I feel like in these, these old westerns, you'd recognize the music. Really made, really made film scores important. People, the audiences finally realized how important they were. And then so, and then Crony did those spaghetti westerns. John Williams started doing his thing. And he, if you don't know who John Williams is, Go take a look at his resume. You'll be pretty blown away. He, you know, arguably the best film composer of all time. In my mind, he, there's no other, there's nobody that's even close. Hans Zimmer started What about Randy Newman? Thing. What's that? What about Randy Newman? Randy Newman. You got a okay. friend in me. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm finished. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hans Zimmer started to do his thing. It's kind of where we are. And then, you know, like the golden age of the golden age of TV, kind of, I would say, arguably, golden age of TV started in what with the Sopranos, and it really took all the way up until Game of Thrones for a guy, Ramon Jawadi, the, the the composer for Game of Thrones, to book it. To book it excuse me. Let me let's, let me try that again. Ooh, that key light coming in, coming in hot. <laughs> He put together an orchestral score that has never been seen in the likes of any sort of TV show. Like I said, film-worthy, the first of its kind. And, you know, I was really worried about what was coming next. Hans Zimmer was that guy that took John Williams' stuff and, you know, pushing it to the new level. And I was very, very excited when I heard Ramin Jawadi, Ramin Jawadi come in and do this. He also did, you'll be excited to hear this, he did Iron Man. He did the film. He did the film score for Iron Man One. Mm. Great score. Great score. Dun, he did dun, dun. Uh, Westworld as well, which mm. is the, basically was what. What's the show that HBO is going to do after 
Game of Thrones. That's what that's what HBO was wanting. That's what Westworld did. Have you seen Westworld? Are you familiar? Uh, Davis, I'm making a podcast about a show that's one of the most popular shows ever that I have not seen. <laughs> Do you think I've seen Westworld or know anything about Westworld? Okay. Do you know about Westworld? Do you have you heard of it? No. See, now you can okay. take offense. Now I'm taking jabs. Okay. Okay. I thought I thought I was dealing with a professional, and I don't know if I am anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, essentially, Westworld is another great film score. It was it was the it was his sequel to to Game of Thrones, I'd say, in his in his mind. He took it to the next level. In, in each one of Westworld's episodes, has a kind of a musical. Um, cover of a pop culture song. Like, in Westworld, he covers Cream by Wu-Tang. You know that song? Cash rules everything around me. You know, he he, he covers that. And it's, it's incredible. And so I just wanted to pinpoint this moment in time, the first season, 2011, really when TV became noteworthy for its music. And everything since then, um, a guy named Ludwig Ludwig Johansson. I don't know, you probably haven't heard of him too, but he did the Black Panther soundtrack. Huge soundtrack. He did the beat for This Is America with Childish Gambino. But most notably and, you know, most relatably to what I'm saying, he did The Mandalorian, which is arguably one of the best scores right now. Yeah, I know you know The Mandalorian, and yes. you, you definitely know the score there. Love it. I've sent you actually some... Uh some covers of the Mandalorian mixed up with some of the other scores from Star Wars. Like they've mashed yeah. it up together. It's super good. It was really good. He actually just came out with a uh, music video for like the Mandalorian theme. Really good. I hope that made sense. I had a lot to say and I didn't, I wanted to say it in a quick amount of time so I wouldn't lose people. It just felt like it was an important thing to note about this show while we were talking about it. It's exciting to talk about a show that came out nine years ago that everyone was really excited about up until about two years ago. So it's exciting to bring it back up, and I just wanted to point that little piece out. I don't know if you have anything to say about it. I don't know if it, it was it was good or not, but it's, I wanted to put it out there. It's really evident to see your passion for it, which is exciting. As boring as it was, your passion was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> as the yeah, names went that's over... That's what I was expecting. Uh, that's what everyone said. <laughs> Dave is getting upset. <laughs> as, 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 uh, as the names... Every every name you said minus John Williams and Hans Zimmer went over everybody's head. I mean, I dropped like, what about Danny Elfman? Danny Elfman has his, has has his name etched in history too. He's right. He's right there while he was just doing music while John Williams was doing music, and there's just no comparison. If you talk about one guy, that's like in those like that's like decades, that's like Dan know. Marino, you know, playing at the same time John Elway is. It's just a bummer. Exactly. Sorry, Dan. Laces out. Yep. Little hip bump right out, right out the, right out the window. Yeah, die, Dan, die. <laughs> yeah. Laces out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good one too. Nice, right, little ace, little ace. Just keep on. There. Just the hits keep on coming. All right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, 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 definitely. Danny Elfman, a couple. Of, that was that's a good. I'm glad you know who Danny Elfman is. That's that's a, that's you but, know that's. Not a lot of people know who he is. But I'm going to know who he is, and you're going to be really annoyed why I know who he is, because I'm one of the very few that liked the new Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, because I mm. loved all the new Willy Wonka songs, or all the, mm-hmm. not, you know, the... The Oompa Loompas. Thank you, the, the Oompa Loompas. Yeah. yeah, and I remember distinctly thinking, like, these slap. You know, they just hit a little bit different, <laughs> you know? They're just some bangers. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember this. Yeah, some, some rippers. And so I remember looking at the credits afterwards, like making a point, like, who who wrote all this? And and then I thought, I laughed, like Danny Elfman wrote songs for Oompa Loompas. And I just thought that was funny. But then I remember seeing his name everywhere. Like, he's done so much. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you have John Williams, Steven Spielberg, you have Danny Elfman, and Tim Burton. And then you had Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan. Right. You know, like... They just tend to team up because they know how important visuals meet up with music and how important that that mesh is. That's why composers stick with their with their or with their well, filmmakers stick with their composers because they it, it's such a it's such a fifty fifty. I feel like people don't think that, but it is. It's fifty fifty visuals and music, and uh, yeah, 
Sorry, I got heated again. Sorry. Calm down. Davis, when was the last time you bled? <laughs> uh, no. <sighs> I actually, uh, I didn't know a lot of that, and it's actually pretty cool to, to think that this had more historical value than just being another, you know, you know, everyone talks about the boobies and the swords and the blood and the gore and the, and, you know, and, and the, the writing of it and the, the thought process and the character building, but it's cool to bring another element of the music. Uh, we know Donald got hard listening to that the last 10 minutes. So mm. you, you got one fan <laughs> there. So that's good. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, if I, if we, cause you had mentioned that in the, in the pilot, which I did listen to, you mentioned that, Andy and I told you, with all due respect, this is better than Breaking Bad. I do want to point it out that I do think that they're very, very close. You but should, because I've things... gotten a few texts from people saying Andy and Davis are silly for thinking that. So it's interesting yeah. that I've gotten a couple texts from that. That's fine. I already got haters. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but, you know, it, it's very close. But I want to say the two, the two biggest things besides production value that separated for me is film editing. And the score, that's it. And yeah, the score would help edge it out. Then, if you're look, if you're splitting hairs over a couple masterpieces of work, then that would be exactly. a, that would be a helpful deciding factor. So, I agree. well, Davis, we are. This is my longest episode yet, um, but it's well worth it, in my opinion. Um, no, Davis, this is fantastic. Super happy that you were here. Uh, I actually kind of did enjoy you nerding out because that's. I'll, you know, I'll get passionate about Harry Potter or baseball and you're very kind to listen to me. So, um, you'll be on again, right? Absolutely. If you'll have me, Soccer, will you have me? Well, let's see what the reaction is. Let's see how many views this gets. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. What have you that's done that's for me lately? Maybe. That's, yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much. And to, Thanks, to whoever is out there sticking it through episode four coming up. I got my sister, Margot, to jump in on that one. She has been very excited to jump in as well. Like I said, family and friends getting in on this. And I hope you all have a lovely, lovely uh, day, morning, night. I don't know what you're listening to this. Who cares? Thank you very much.